Hello, and welcome to Big Dumb Movie, where we discuss movies of the big dumb variety. I'm your host, Corey, and today I have some awesome guests. First up, my longtime friend, Jonathan. Hey, guys. And next, we have the one and only Cavi Anvil. What up, everyone? Blah! How are you guys doing this afternoon? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Ready to go plus ultra. Staying clean and sanitized. That's right. That's how I'm doing. We're here recording under COVID-19 lockdown. We're, we're socially distant-ish. Look, yeah, Jonathan I mean, is at home. He's, he's called in on Skype. He's definitely yeah. not six feet away from me right now. Definitely not. <laughs> same, same. But Cavi actually is on Skype. So um, I'm going to ask you guys one at a time. And while I'm on the topic of you, Cavi, I'll just go with you first. So... Rumble in the Bronx is probably the most well-known American Jackie Chan movie. And I think we probably all got started on this. But, Cavi, what other Jackie Chan movies are you into? Or, I mean, if you're not super big into Jackie Chan, which is fine, like martial arts movies in general. I figured we can take this opportunity to talk a little bit about these kinds of martial arts movies from Hong Kong. Oh. Oh, dude. Man, I've been about these martial arts movies since Bruce Lee, so everything <laughs> oh, from Enter the Dragon to Game of Death, uh, Fist of Legend, no, that was uh, that was Jet Li. Um, man, what's the other one? Chinese Connection. There we go. Fist of Legend and Chinese Connection are pretty much the same movie, so I get those confused. Um, but yeah, huge Jet Li fan, huge Bruce Lee fan, Jackie Chan fan. As far as Jackie Chan movies goes, uh, Snake in the Eagle Shadow, freaking amazing. Uh, Drunken Master, freaking amazing. Um, okay, so I have a question for you on that topic. The first Drunken Master or the second? Which one's better? Oh, uh, whew. That's tough. Uh, th- are they like remakes? Because I don't really, honestly, I don't know. Like one feels like the old school wire work kind of films. like, <laughs> um, And then the other one is more of a modern one. So... Yeah, well, one's a sequel of it, but they don't really rely on the first one in the sequel. It can It's kind of like its own story in a way. Gotcha. They're kind of blurred together for me, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I think the sequel is the one with the dude with the, all the kicking. He does all this fancy yep. footwork. Yeah. Uh, that was that very badass. entertaining. Yeah, and then, and then there's the, the fire scene with his legs getting caught on fire and whatnot because he's spitting the alcohol everywhere. Yeah, let, let's... Oh, but I love old school, like, oh, such a difficult decision. I'm going to go the second one just because, like, the fancy footwork and the fire and all that stuff. That was that was a lot of fun. Nice. Now, Jonathan, before I ask about those kind of movies, I should have probably asked Happy this too, but after watching a movie like this, like, I feel like I can beat anyone's ass. <laughs> Did you get that? Did you feel like a badass after watching this? <laughs> I feel felt i don't know man you didn't uh, feel as empowered it, as me see nah, I, that. it was definitely not empowered <laughs> i i felt like i felt like my uh visual and um and hearing was like way off you know having to like pay attention to the the dubbing english over the the chinese uh so you just uh, came out of this confused no, I just I couldn't match up like what my wife was saying to me afterwards. It was a little a little confusing. You were on a time delay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit of a time delay. I just had to give her a couple of what. You were what? like your your words are lining up with your mouth. This is not okay. <laughs> yeah, get get me back out of this. 
so what about you, Jonathan? Any martial arts movies that you remember liking a lot? Uh, you know, I wasn't really into a lot of the martial arts stuff. And and I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that I would agree that this was Jackie Chan's best movie. I think it was great for him as a breakout movie. But for me, my personal favorite was I loved him and Chris Tucker pairing up for the original Rush Hour. Oh, uh, no. Dude, I love that movie, man. You know... And, and I, I have an appreciation for Jackie Chan and pretty much anything that he's done for the fact that like, I mean, he's so acrobatic and and like, I want to say opportunistic of whatever's around, uh, you know, like he's in a pool hall. He's going to like find cue balls and pool sticks and, you know, whatever else he can find to, to beat everybody's ass, you know, and, and that's like the same for every movie that he's ever been in. And I, I get it. It's kind of repetitive, but like, he's really good at it. So, um, there's some things that even if they're repetitive, they're always kind of awe inspiring. Yeah. And I think Jackie Chan's martial arts is one of those things. Wouldn't you agree, Cavi? Oh yeah, Absolutely. What's the I, one where he uses the ladder? That's a good example of what you were saying. Oh, where he uses the props around him. Yeah. There's one I, where he does a whole fight it. scene with a ladder. I think it's Operation Condor or Operation Condor 2 or something. Something like that. Yeah. It's really great. But anyway, the movie we're here to talk about this time around is, of course, the 1995 Rumble in the Bronx, directed by yes. Stanley Tong, starring the man himself, Jackie Chan. I'm going to kind of go through this as much as one can. Uh, (laughs) There's some weird like plot issues in this movie, but it doesn't really matter for a movie like this, I think. But we do get to meet our main character, Ki-Young, played by Jackie Chan at the very beginning. And Kavi, why don't you tell us about like like what his setup is? Like he's he has landed into this movie on a plane. And what is he doing? Uh, He lands. He runs into his uncle. He it's. It's perfect martial arts movie cheese, like from the beginning to the end. And he's walking out of the airport as his uncle's walking in and his uncle chases him down. And it's just classic Jackie Chan from start to finish. And they take a they're they're in New York. So you get like the you get all the shots, the shot of the Statue of Liberty and all that. They're on the I think they're on the uh, what is it? The Brooklyn Bridge? I've never been to New York, so excuse There's me. Some, for there my... are definitely some real exterior shots of New York that happen. And then everything else, when you see the actors, is pretty much in Canada. So <laughs> they really? used Canada as a double for <laughs> New York, which it worked well enough because it everything was so small. Like it showed them like, you know, in the buildings and they were in interiors and stuff. So yeah, when you're in such a like small compact neighborhood, like it would be in the Bronx, you could do that anywhere. Exactly. That is amazing. Now, Kyung is, um, he's coming to see his uncle get married. That's why he came in from Hong Kong. And his uncle owns a local grocery store. And Kyung goes to check out the grocery store and he meets his wife. Any thoughts on that whole bit, Jonathan? I mean, I, I thought it was a pretty good, you know, setup. Uh, but it kind of really didn't need to happen, though, either. 
Uh, it could the movie could have gone either way. I mean, the fact Were you that surprised by the by his his choice of wife because they set it up like it's going to be this Asian woman. <laughs> you know what's funny? Not- yeah, yeah. I I actually um, I wrote that in. He was like really like progressive for his time. You know, it's like an old Asian man marrying a younger black woman. Yeah. You know, and it's like seems so like uh, out tradition for a lot of the um, the Asian culture. Even Jackie Chan is like totally surprised. Yeah. He's right. Like, what? I think it's it's good though. It goes to show that like he's lived in America long enough that like he's marrying like an American Good. woman. Yeah, he's totally the uh, the American way. Yeah, that moment's great. On a side note, was was anybody else annoyed by the intro, like with that airplane flying in, and then they just like were unfocused on the sun the entire time and then they like zoomed in even further on the unfocused sun and it was so annoying. <laughs> no. Yeah, you, I, did you I, notice that? Not at all. So it, it's before they show anything about the movie, it's just that airplane that's flying, right? In the, in the music playing or whatever. That's the intro. Yeah. And then the, the airplane curves off to the left. And all it is is like three minutes of staring into an unfocused <laughs> sun. And then they're like, if that's not bad enough, they zoom into the unfocused sun even more. So annoying. That is an interesting nitpick you have, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, they could have done yeah, that I, better. I didn't catch that at all. <laughs> Not at all. All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess I'm the only one. I think there was a lot of money that went into the stunts and whatnot. That was probably stock footage. They just pulled that off of some website. Well, there were no websites. Well, there were websites. Um, I think I don't know. There were 95? ways to get B-roll at the time for sure. Right. The budget was pretty small. It was eight million dollars and. You know, you know where it went. It was in the stunt guys and the. Uh, it went to that hovercraft. It was in the grocery store, the convenience store. <laughs> Dude, for yeah. real. For real. Here's the setup. So Jackie Chan is here in the Bronx. His uncle's getting married. Jackie Chan is Keyung. So I'm going to try to call him by his character name. I, I'm sure I'll mess that up a lot. But he is going to help the new grocery store owner. Just kind of get things going. So the uncle has sold his little grocery store. There's a new woman, Elaine. And Jackie Chan kind of says at the wedding, like, oh, yeah, I can stay and help you with the grocery store. And she, he, I think he says it in like a way that he's not expecting her to be say yes to. But she's like, yeah, come in every day next week at six in the morning. <laughs> so he's basically like working for free for her. If you need help, I stay longer. Oh. Hey, Elena, thank <laughs> you for coming. Too. Congratulations. I've got some good news. Oh, really? Yeah, Kyung says he will help. He did? Yes, every day next week. Oh, good for you, Kyung. Making yourself useful so soon. Yes. But one of oh, the yeah, first things that But he's also house-sitting, though, too. So otherwise, he would just be sitting there doing nothing. That's true. Hanging you know, out with Danny, might, the neighbor. Might as well work, dude. <laughs> That's right. He has a neighbor named Danny who's in a wheelchair. Yeah. You know, I I can't help but call him Danny the Wheelchair. You know, it's like like an old like Italian mob name or something, you know, like Jimmy the Knife, you know, or something like that. And like I just want to call him Danny the Wheelchair. Old wheels. Wow. Yeah, right? <laughs> Never double cross wheels. He'll get you. Every time. He's like, I am the wizard master. You guys get that reference? No. Nightmares three? Y- yes. 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 <laughs> I am the wizard Excellent. master. <laughs> Cavi, did you notice that Jackie Chan just had a spare Game Gear, Sega Game Gear in his pocket? Dude, everybody had one from Japan, didn't they? Dude, that was amazing. Oh, he wasn't from Japan, was he? Wrong. What oh, were you saying, Cavi? 
Uh, oh, that was amazing. Like, I, I wasn't 100% sure what it was. I thought it was the, the Sega Game Gear, but I just wasn't 100%. So I'm, I'm glad that you knew. I didn't get yeah, a chance so he, to look it up. He had a Game Gear, but no game. Yeah. So that's the case. Did you notice later on in the movie when he's playing it all like, boo, 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 doing all the buttons and everything, and there's still no game in there? That poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> he was probably too not nice. Only, to- not only is he in a wheelchair, dude, he still can't see that he's not playing a game. I think he's too nice to, to tell Kyung like, there's no fucking game in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're right. He was using his imagination. <laughs> hey, dickhead, thanks for the game. I can't even buy a new couch cushion. <laughs> yeah, no shit. So, Cavi, the first action scene is when Jackie Chan's helping out in the store and this local gang shows up. Cavi, why don't you kind of tell us what happens here? It's, it's a pretty great scene. It is. Uh, so there, there's a two-way mirror, or a one-way mirror that is in the back of the grocery store, and they start to see. I think his name's Angelo. Oh man, I can't stand that guy's character. Out of all, out of all the bad guys in this film, he's the worst, and he gets all the worst things. All the worst things happen to him. So yeah, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's drinking juice and just being a total douchebag. And uh, Elaine or Elena decides that she's going to step up because it's her store and check him. How much do you want for this candy bar? 50 cents. What about these drinks? What? You drank these back there. You want me to pay for this stuff? Why don't you drink it, huh? Huh? Here, try some. <laughs> And so they get to um, uh, the the bad guy. Angelo gets to the front of the register and he tells one of his buddies that he's going to pay for his candy bar. And Elaine's like, well, what about these two juices that you drink? And he's like, what about it? And then we come to find out that several of the gang members have been stealing things and they start throwing things at her. And Jackie Chan just comes in and. Starts kicking everybody's ass just like they deserved. What's this stupid bitch talking about, huh? You stealing? What? Oh, yeah, stealing. Uh, okay. you you stealing? Yeah. Say it again. Uh, hey. What's up? You got the problem? Yo! Get outside! What you doing, man? So, you're a tough guy, huh? No! No trouble. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. The chocolate. You! Uh, you shut up! And there, there's one great, great moment where he does this front kick to like a backspinning roundhouse and the guy gets kicked and slides across the counter of the uh, like the conveyor belt and yes. then hits a bunch of chi- a bunch of chips that was amazing. I loved that so much. And then, of course, we've got to have the Pepsi product placement. I'm sure they threw down some cash for that, where we see tons of Pepsi cans stacked up that the guys get kicked through and punched through and they go flying everywhere. It's a, it's a great moment. It's so awesome that there's like a pyramid of Pepsi cans stacked up. I've never seen that in a grocery store, even in the 90s. Just like a bunch of cans. You just come and take a can off the pile. like. <laughs> But it is a really great scene because we get to see just a taste of Jackie Chan using props, namely his jacket. He uses his jacket to like wrap up people's arms and then he kicks a guy, then he 
lassos it around another guy and like pushes him down. It, it's really cool. Total Jackie Chan style. You being opportunistic of what's uh, available, what's at hand. Dude, yes. So um, I, I hate to go backwards, but there's one really important setup that we missed, which was um, before that uh, Angelo went into the store and, and started causing his ruckus. Um, the night before they were doing those motorcycle races and out in the alley, they uh, were racing on top of the cars and Jackie Chan or Kyung had to go out there and save that car that his uncle was going to use for the wedding. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. his first encounter with so, him. Right. So that's the setup for this. these like thugs. I, I don't even think that they had a name for their, their little gang, did they? No, but it would probably be something stupid because they're the most mismatched, like weird themed gangs. You know, they were like the village people uh, in a gang. There was like one like Chinese dude, an Italian guy, a white guy, a Native American, uh, a Native American guy, yeah. a, a, a black guy. Worker, a yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Yes. They're out there doing the YMCA in the middle of the night. The, the dance leader off. of the gang, his name's Tony. He like rides around in a go-kart. Like. Yeah, he has the slowest vehicle of all of them. You know, these guys are riding around on a bunch of 125 motorcycles. And uh, anyways, that, I feel like that was kind of an important setup to to the, the Angelo scene where they're in there stealing shit at the store. Yeah, that's all. That's a good point. Yeah. And Fast and Furious before Fast and Furious was the thing. And yes, Fast and Furious is going to continue to come up if I'm on this podcast. Just saying. <laughs> good. That's how this podcast started. <laughs> and- we got uh we need um. Jurassic Park and Fast and Furious together. Change.org. Go to the petition. Okay, I'm done. So the other thing was, uh, this was the first point where Kyung meets this smoking hot Asian girl on a motorcycle. Who Nancy. he Nancy, who he doesn't realize yet is Danny's um, sister. That's right. Because he hasn't met Danny yet either. And I like how Danny's always lying for her. He's like, yeah, yeah she's in school. She's a... Yeah. She's a model and a flight attendant, but like she's just a stripper. <laughs> yeah, she's just a hooker that dances inside of a cage. Inside of a Look, cage. I don't, I don't know if she's a hooker, <laughs> but she does dance at a, a very strange nightclub that has a live band, but techno plays over the band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, if, if Joe Exotic had a nightclub, it would be this place. It would, Because yes. it was a go-go dancer inside of a bird cage, inside of a tiger cage. With a tiger walking around live inside there. I had the exact same note, so I appreciate that so <laughs> nice. much. I was like, Joe Exotic, Tiger, yes. Carol Baskin would be yeah. very unhappy yes. to see this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. She would have uh, she'd have protesters out there and then she'd have somebody killed. Kill Kyung. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is something that I totally forgot about to just rewind a little bit. I know we're kind of hopping around. There's a random black dude that comes out of the grocery store that I, I'm assuming that he works there. Like right after Jackie Chan beats up everybody, he's like, yo, that was crazy. And that's the only time you ever see him. There's no context for it whatsoever. No, it's- Did this scare you? No, no. Oh, good. Oh, Kyung. Hey, that was all right. I can't believe it's like, man, it was just great. It was. Yo. Huh? Did they hurt you? I know. You're amazing. Thank How you. do you do some of that? It was just like, oh, 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 what the way? Oh, 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 oh. That's Chinese Kung Fu. 
it's hilarious. It's like, where? wait, where did this guy... It's funny, he's like the proto-Chris Tucker. I, I had exactly that same note. I was like, except I said, random crackhead comes up and says, you are all right. Wow. That, that escalated quickly. The dialogue and the uh, dubbing is so funny in this movie, especially with some of Danny's lines, because they're... They're really not great, but they were as good as they could be because they were ADR. So that's extra funny to me. It's not necessarily bad delivery when they're shooting, but like that he redid it and redid it in a recording booth and they got it as good as it could be. <laughs> so like him talking to Kyung, he's like, hey, Kyung, you're number one. Hi, Kyung. Good moves. You're number one. Yeah, so good. It's so, so funny. Good. Honestly, I think that they did this on purpose because... Everybody, like all the gang members, they're all speaking English because I'm like looking and I'm like, no, they're actually there because I was thinking, okay, maybe all these people speak Cantonese and, you know, so it was dubbed over. But then I'm looking at their mouths. I'm like, no, they're definitely saying those words, but they're off. And it's like, did they do this on purpose or was the editor that bad? Because I looked into it, actually. So what? What they did was when they were filming, they had every actor speak their own native language, including Jackie Chan. So Jackie Chan was speaking Cantonese, as were many of the other actors. People like Nancy and Danny were speaking English, but everyone was ADR'd. So even the people that were speaking English, they dubbed them with English. Yeah, I I had heard that Jackie Chan's English at the time was just atrocious as well. He just hadn't spent much time speaking English yet, you know, and and then over the course of the next 30 years, as his (laughs) English got better, they they had to, uh, they didn't have to dub over him as much. Right, for sure. Um, Like when it came time to like rush hour, he was definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. I could definitely tell that everything was ADR'd, but it's still all off. And you could tell that it could be like slid over a little bit. I'm a little bit of background about me. I dabble in audio engineering. So like there were times where I'm like, that could have been on. And I, it almost seems like that it was a parody of those um, old school Kung Fu movies, like the 36 chambers and those where it was obviously homage to their, uh, to their, the roots. It seems like it was done on purpose from just like, cause I was watching very closely. I'm like, okay, like this could have been on, like there's no, uh, I don't know. It, it seemed like it could have been on and that they did that on purpose, but I could be, I could be wrong. No, I agree with you. And I think that the comedic angle is something unique about Jackie Chan as like a Kung Fu movie guy. That's something Absolutely. that he often tries to bring. And apparently in this movie, there was more comedic stuff that was cut out. So it's kind of partially there. And I think you might be right about that. He's like heavily inspired by a physical comedy of like old style film, like Chaplin and Buster Keaton and stuff. So he tries yes. to bring a lot of that to the so table. He tried to use like a lot of body language in order to get his message across. Definitely. And yeah. he is such a physical guy. He's, he's truly incredible. Jackie Chan, especially like peak Jackie Chan. Yeah. His physical feats are just amazing. I mean, the fact that he's, I mean, even now, well, like he's got to be in his what fifties, almost 60. No, he's way older and, than that. Thing. And he's still, he was still doing his own, because all of his own stunts up until recently. I know that when this came out, he was in his forties. Really? Really? I think it was his early forties. No, he yeah. did not Holy look crap. 40 at all, dude. He's so jacked and he's so yeah. physical. Like he's such an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Like when he was 
beating the shit out of that wooden stick (laughs) in Uh, Uncle Bill's house. (laughs) The wooden dummy. That's a Wing Chun wooden dummy. I like how the guy's like, I would have used it for firewood. Like, you really need firewood? You're not you're not in Hong Kong anymore. You got heat in here, I'm pretty sure. He's bragging about living in a 3,000 square foot apartment. I mean, that's like, that's massive, dude. That's, that's another, you know, Uncle 500. Bill's really living the American dream. Like, he came over, he built this store, and he sold it for like 350 grand. He's doing all right. Did you ch- uh, catch what he planned to do for his retirement? No. He's going to, he wanted to buy a ranch and raise cattle. Oh, really? Yeah. That, yeah. like, that's how deep he is in the American dream, Uncle Bill. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. That actor is actually in a lot of Jackie Chan movies too. Really? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Good catch. Uh, also, that's uh, that handstand push-up. That was the first time I've ever seen a handstand push-up performed was in this movie. I had never seen one of those. I mean, now you can go on YouTube and find them everywhere. But at the time, that blew my mind. I was like, wait, you can do handstand push-ups without a wall? Holy crap. That blew my mind as a kid. And then walk all the way to the door. Yes. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, dude, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't even be able to stand up on my hands, even no with way. the help of the wall. Ditto. Well, I can, I can do it with the wall, but with, without a wall, I'm, I'm falling over. So one of the next big scenes is where um, Jackie Chan, Keong is leaving the grocery store after helping out and he's kind of walking home and he sees a woman being attacked and you know he's he's already been set up as like a hero a good guy you know so he goes to help her out and he finds out that it's all it's all a trap jonathan why don't you tell us about what happens here yeah so kyung is walking home with his groceries from the store for the day and then he sees these four dudes snatch up a woman and uh she's crying begging for help and then they run off into the alley and that's where Kyung finds out that it was a total setup because the girl's standing there on a staircase, the dudes had taken off and then they have like a, a little bit of a fight again. Uh, well, I guess it's not a little bit of a fight. I think any fight that Jackie Chan gets into is a big fight, right? <laughs> but he's overwhelmed. There's too many of them and he gets cornered, right? Yeah, he gets cornered on the staircase there. And then, you know, they have the, the typical nut shots. You know, I think I counted like probably three just in that scene alone the first of which was delivered to jackie chan yes he delivered the he got the first one he received not delivered received uh and that was from nancy wasn't it yeah yeah so he's pretty forgiving right and then they keep chasing him uh he gets away a little bit then they chase him down and they trap him into an alley i believe and uh what's the what's the dude's name um Oh, Angelo. Man. The dude who's, who was stealing all the stuff from the store. There's Angelo. Angelo, right. So he wants to just like kill him, right, instantly. And so Tony decides, no, we're going to have some fun. So they get, I don't know, what, 3,000 glass bottles out of nowhere, uh, just con- are conveniently in that, that alley there. They take their baseball bats, wrap them up in bandanas or T-shirts or whatever. And so they just hit these like 40-ounce bottles at at uh, Kyung and he just gets all fucked up man uh, that's a pretty uh, pretty brutal way to go yeah it was, um, it's, it, it's sad to me every time what do you think Kevy? 
Oh yeah. Was that ever a thing? Like, was that something that gangs did at some point in time? Because I had never heard of that, and it's such an iconic scene. And I'm like, wait, like, who thought of that? Like, uh, there was, uh, the writers were on some heavy cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I, I had never heard of that. What if they corner him, and they get these bottles, and they hit him at him, and, and he just starts bleeding everywhere because they're breaking against the walls. Like, that's such some random... It's so random. Well, this is the most random gang ever, so of course they think of it. Because they're already all over the place. Like, their leader's wearing, like, a duster. Like we said before, their costumes are just crazy. It's like something out of the Warriors. Right? I was trying to find their costume designer on IMDb, but I couldn't, because that person deserves props, and I want to know <laughs> what else they worked on, because, yeah. They just took the wardrobe from the village people when they broke up. Yes. Yes, you call them the village people. I call them the eclectics. Like the eurythmics. <laughs> Sweet dreams are made of these. Alright, I'm I'm done. <laughs> so Kyung is all fucked up. He's got like broken glass in his skin. He's he's completely bleeding. He's a he's a fucking mess. So when he goes home, Danny finds him, and then Danny's sister realizes that this is the guy that Danny's been talking about, like his new friend and all that. So she feels really guilty because he's been really nice to her brother that's in a wheelchair. And she does kind of, like, I guess she patches him up, right, Jonathan? Yeah, she takes care of all of his uh, wounds, you know, ancient Chinese uh, secret uh, healing powers and herbs and stuff. Bandages. <laughs> that, that's just implied. They don't show that part. Yeah, yeah. Um, she uses the Miyagi-Do technique. Right. She's got to use the Miyagi, uh, the heat. I, I sound like an asshole. That's Japanese. <laughs> I, yeah. All right. That's all right. Corey's going to edit that out. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Edit that out. <laughs> so Nancy takes care of him. Um, and then he wakes up and Danny, the wheelchair, is sitting there and was like, oh, you're awake. And uh, my sister took care of you. She took your pants off. Jackie Chan wakes up. He's like, wait, how old is she? <laughs> oh, she's 21. Oh, thank God. Yeah, that's you his know. first question. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel that that speaks to Jackie Chan's general character is, as a person, not even just in the movie. But, you know, he always has seemed over the years like a like a caring person. Yeah. Like, he's, he's got a, a really dude. good image. You know, there isn't anything that's on his record that's, you know, any dirt <laughs> that I know of. Also, Danny is kind of creepy because he's like, she's 21 and she's pretty. And he like raises his eyebrows. And he's like, why are you talking about your sister like that? <laughs> he's been trying to like, yeah. set her up probably yeah. for years. Like that, <laughs> that's not even the only time that he mentions that, though. Like that's there's several times throughout the movie that he talks about his sister being pretty. Oh, I see. So you think maybe like he's got a thing. <laughs> she's 21 and she's pretty. What else does he have to do? <laughs> he's got a game gear. With no game. <laughs> he probably didn't even give him any batteries. <laughs> you know, those damn Chinese batteries only last a couple there's, hours. Those things will suck out some batteries, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's those 99 cent store. I never had one. I, I was partial to the Game Boy, uh, especially once like, uh, you know, uh, when Color. Pokemon Red came out. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, you got me into that. Then I got Pokemon yeah. Blue. Yeah. Because you had Pokemon Red. <laughs> yep. Had to do it different. And then I, I think Gold came out after that. Yellow. Yellow. The Pikachu yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. You play any Pokemon, Cavi? I did not. I kind of missed that wave of playing Pokemon. I enjoyed the show 
and watched up to the first movie. But after that, I kind of fell off, which makes me sad because I feel like I missed out on a whole bunch of awesomeness. Which Game Boy did you have, Corey? I had, I had the green Game Boy Color. I remember that. Yeah. I had the pocket, the clear Game Boy Pocket, yeah. black and white screen. I used to play it while you worked. Yeah, I had the old school 80s telephone box Game Boy, like the gray one, the OG the big one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. classic. Yeah. So to get back on track, Keong is kind of patched up and he goes to work at the grocery again, but is immediately attacked again by the gang. Like these guys are relentless. Dude, they are real. really going after him here. Yeah, this is where they chase him through the uh, parking garage, right? Yes. Yeah. I gotta say, nobody hops a fence like Jackie Chan. <laughs> like that that scene where he like kicks off the wall and then kicks off the fence and then flies over the fence. Like that's crazy. And right? what I love about the stunts and the martial arts performances in this movie is that since he's doing his own stunts, the camera is still and you can see everything. The camera work is amazing only because like they don't have to hide things with the camera as much. So it looks great. Yeah, there's no uh, no cutaways to to hide the fact that he's on chains or or uh, ropes or anything and lifting them over here and there. Right. He's yeah, really, really doing cool. these flips. He's jumping over fences. It's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. But I know what you mean, Cabby. He does that like he clears this tall fence with like three skips, right? Like he. <laughs> One leg hits the wall, the other leg hits the fence, the other leg hits the wall, and then he's over the fence. It's got to be almost yes. 20 feet tall, too. Yep. Way up there. Like a double, like, chain link fence you would see, like, outside of a school or something, you know? And one of my favorite bits about this whole thing is when they get to the roof. Like, Jackie Chan's just running from these guys, Keung. And he's, I mean, he's kind of getting some shots in there when he has them one-on-one. But for the most part, there's too many guys for him, even a badass like him. So when he gets to the roof, he hides in this truck that has all these like inflatable like children's toy balls. And he like he tries to hide in there, but they see him and like their immediate like response is to like just drive this truck off the top of the parking truck. Like, let's just murder him this way. They're so quick to just want to kill him. These guys are insane. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Could you okay? Like, imagine going to the grocery store. I know every kid has has seen this, but you go to the grocery store and they just have that like like fifteen foot tall rack of filled with uh, bouncy balls. You know, yeah. everybody's like, "Come on, mom, buy me this." And every parent is no. So I don't even know why they have those in the store, but they had like one of those on the back of this truck. It just seems really random. And and it was so tall. How do you even get that to the top of a parking garage? <laughs> That's a good point. Tell me that driver didn't look like he'd be one of those protesters like, I need a haircut. This isn't real. This sickness isn't real. The, that totally... driver was insane. He had the best costume ever. He had the, the tie-dye shirt with like this American flag beret. It was so funny looking. <laughs> Anyway, so Jackie Chan's cornered on top of this parking structure and Angelo says, all right, we'll let you go if you kiss my ass. And he like pulls down his pants and he's like, come on, give it a smooch. And Jackie Chan is so pissed that he grabs like an antenna from a car and he just fucking whacks his ass. And I was just thinking how much that would hurt. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm sure that hurt like hell. Didn't he have like a tattoo on his ass or something? Yeah. Like a pair of lips or something? Like this isn't the first time he's told someone to kiss his ass. He's done it enough where he needed to get like a 
a tattoo like marker. Yeah. Like this is the spot you kiss. That that's like like his uh, wet bandits trademark or what? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jackie Chan does escape though. He he jumps off the top of this parking structure onto a nearby building. A real stunt he performed, which is insane. I mean, it's, it wasn't that impressive to me as a kid until like I really digested the fact that he really did that. Yeah, he really jumped like 30 feet, like literally across the street. No wires. And no jumped. wires. And then down. It was like 30 feet over and like 30 feet down. Like, yeah, that's and like no three net. No net. So if he misses, he's dead. So that's that's insane. And that's like a whole part of his career. Like he'll do something and if he does it wrong, he's dead. But he does it yeah. right. He just... He's that good. He's a gambling yeah, what, man. What was the uh, super cop? Was it super cop where he's hanging on the freaking ladder of the helicopter? I think so. Yeah, man is call. insane. Dude is insane. Also, quick note back to the, the truck with the, the balls in it. They literally tried to kill him. They yeah. pushed the truck off the top of the parking lot. They tried to murder him. And like later on, he's like, I wish we could have tea. We'll, we'll get there. But like... How, there's no forgiveness after that. You tried to murder me, like, like all right, beat my ass a couple times, like back in school, like you know, I would get in a fight with people, and w- w- when we would get into a fight later on, we'd we'd become friends, like people that I fought with. But like, right. these are adults that literally tried to murder him. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> just a random tangent. Don't you know you are the skim of society? <laughs> yes. Yeah, the scum of society, indeed. So there's a second plot going on here in the background that we start to see around this point. I don't know, Cavi, if you can shed any light. It's very confusing. There's like some kind of like African, like blood diamond guys that are trading with this like crime syndicate, like diamonds for cash. Is that what's going on, Cavi? It's the IRS man from uh, WWE or WWF. And, okay, um, I didn't know that. It's not, but that's what one of them kind of looks like. And then there's like a dude with a mullet. That, um, yeah, they do have some pretty sick ponytails. <laughs> yeah. 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 Indeed. Uh, Joe Exotic would be proud. Would be proud. Um, yeah. It's just some random deal for diamonds in exchange for money. And then we have to assume that it goes bad. I mean, I mean, it makes sense. They drive through. Here's what I love about 90s movies. Um, they drive through a storefront and it's obviously a storefront and we don't see stuff like that anymore. Like it'll be computer graphics or stuff. It's like every 90s movie had to have a car chase. And this movie has, I think, three or two, two or three car yeah, chases. One of them is debatably like it's a vehicle for sure. But yes, <laughs> yes, it's a chase of sorts. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> So the short version is that there's some diamonds that get in the hands of Angelo, who steals them off a dead body. Now, Angelo, as we talked about, is a huge piece of shit. He's the biggest piece of shit of this random as fuck gang. Yo, shithead! (laughs) You're gonna die! Indeed. He takes the diamonds and he hides them in Danny's wheelchair because it's the only thing nearby him. So now there's also, in addition to this random gang, there's this crime syndicate guys. Like they, they wear suits, they have black gloves, mustaches, ponytails, the whole nine. They got big guns. They're looking for diamonds while Jackie Chan is feuding with this gang. Any other points I missed, Jonathan? Kyung 
had didn't know these guys yet. And when they're in the building, Kyung is picking up Danny uh, to take him into the room, I guess. Um, that was at the exact same point where they were like swapping out the, the cushions, right? Yeah. There was a, this big deal earlier that like Nancy won't even buy Danny a seat cushion. And so anyways, Nancy finally gets him one. So these guys are there looking for uh, the diamonds. They knew that Angelo had been there. They see Kyung and tell him that he that they're with the FBI uh, and give him a card with their phone number. And um, I think the cops are on the way. They ditch their guns out the window, take off their gloves, and they just get out of there. Yes. Also, I just have to say that's some genius level foreshadowing of the cushion with the hole in it to put the diamonds in and we've got Danny talking about I need a new cushion and then he gets it just the foreshadowing of how they made that work is just hilarious and also brilliant yeah they played it really well I think actually considering it's like the weirdest plot device like the wheelchair seat cushion but hey it works for what this story is they mentioned it they set it up they paid it off you know indeed now meanwhile Kyung does meet Nancy and she you know, feels guilty about, I guess, being a part and having him so um, beat up earlier and kicking him in the balls, probably. And they kind of get closer and become romantically involved while it seems like Nancy is kind of really moving away from wanting to be involved in the gang after meeting Kyung. I think she's starting to realize what they're doing is just too fucked up. And they have a, kind of a romantic moment. And I think. I think the implication is is that Elaine, who runs the grocery store, is like jealous. Yeah, I definitely got that vibe. Like, I think uh, there was like that scene where uh, in the beginning where she, Elaine was going to buy the the grocery store, right? And they were negotiating the price and Jackie Chan or Kyung was having that that little scene in the one-way glass. And he was like kind of flexing, kind of see his muscles and stuff. And so you kind of see right then and there that she develops like a little bit of a crush on him. Yeah. So I think she kind of assumed that he was just going to come with the store and like, ooh, <laughs> I get this piece of, you know, eye candy every day. But didn't work out that way. You buy a store and you get a free Jackie Chan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yo, speaking of Elaine, I forgot to mention her haircut is hilarious. It's almost a mullet. Like if it you is, look. It is hilarious. It's so bad. It's so close to a mullet. It's freaking great. It's almost the same haircut as the mom from the Brady Bunch. Similar, yeah. Yeah. She is in uh, Legend of the Drunken Master, also known as Drunken Master 2. But um, she's also a singer. She's like a big time singer in Asia. And one source I saw referred to her as the Madonna of Asia. That's that. She's like that level. Really? That's like legendary status. <laughs> if you look up For pictures real. of her, she's always in like these wild Madonna slash Lady Gaga kind of costumes. That's funny. And and she's so like, she looks so conservative the way that she dresses in this movie. So yeah. now, now I'm curious. I got to look that up. So the gang is still after Jackie Chan. They destroy the store. They mess up a bunch of the, you know, stuff she's selling in there. How many times does that store get get destroyed? Yeah, this is before it gets really fucking destroyed, but it gets messed up pretty bad. And But two of the gang members are kidnapped, and Cavi, who are they kidnapped by and what happens? Uh, the IRS man, the, the mafia. <laughs> uh, 
uh, what are, what do we call these guys? They they look like they look like accountants. They look like they, <laughs> they're <laughs> they, big they, accountants, though. Yes, yes, they're they are mafioso uh, accountants. Yeah, so they kidnap uh, two of the guys, and one of them's got the most ridiculous um, warriors slash escape from L.A. slash wrestler. Uh, what what do you call that? It's like two belts that are like create an X across his chest. Yeah, he's like I, some I kind of Mad Max character. Yeah, it's like it's, Lord Humongous. It's ridiculous, and they take the these two guys to a wood chipper. And oh man, I really wish that Angelo was the one that um <laughs> got taken to that wood chipper. But uh, unfortunately, he is needed. He's got some plot armor to this point because we need him to pay off some stuff. So yeah, so they're. They take him to the wood chipper. Also, 90s movies and wood chippers. What do we got? We got Fargo. We've got Time Cop. Like, are, are there any other movies with um, wood chippers that you guys None can come think to of? Mind, but yeah, it was wood chippers were a thing. Like, I think at that point in time, people realized how scary these things could be. And then they used them in movies. Dude, for real. Or somebody actually used one and then they heard about it i don't know let's not think that dark uh but yeah if one of those guys uh it, it's that dude the wrestler guy gets uh stuffed into the wood chipper and it's all bad who killed lance it's brutal for real so we had one other point that that happened right at the same time which was where um kyung and nancy actually went on a date with yeah. Danny and um, Angelo had been following them because he wanted to find the diamonds and he didn't, Angelo didn't know that he had a, uh, Danny got a new couch cushion or I'm sorry, wheelchair cushion. So he creeps up behind him and totally like throws Danny off the wheelchair and uh, trying to find his diamonds. Hey, ice cream. Can I have some ice cream? Sure. Come get your ice cream. Red coffee, chocolate bananas, coffee. What kind? Uh, chocolate. Hey, we'll be right back, Danny. Ice cream. Ice cream. Ah! Ah, Somebody stole my cushion. I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. I thought it was funny too, only because <laughs> Angelo is in disguise as like Dude. some dad or something. Oh, he yeah, he looks like some like American dad kind of guy rather than like his total like little dumb gang look, you know. He knew that he would be spotted in a park, so he put like a regular clothes on and a sweater around his neck. Like. Yeah. He had like a like a nice cardigan and some dockers on or something <laughs> riding a bike. <laughs> and Danny's his reaction is so funny. He's like, "My cushion." Yeah, that's the only Kyung, thing he's worried help. about. <laughs> Like he's not worried about the fact that he can't walk and get back up onto his wheelchair. He's just like my new cushion. It probably took him years to get that new cushion. Like fucking years. Like he's probably been asking for it since he was like seven. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, judging by the size of the hole in the old one. I told you I need a new cushion, but you never buy me one. You just ignore me. What's ridiculous and shows how dumb Angelo is, is those cushions look completely different. They're like one has a back support and the other one <laughs> is just like uh, just to sit on. Like there's no back support or anything. They're totally different colors. Like I I appreciate the payoff, but they don't look anything alike. So it's it's freaking hilarious. He he developed a case of scoliosis on the uh, the journey to the new couch cushion. Or wheelchair cushion. Fuck, mm -hmm. why do I keep saying couch cushion? 
<laughs> just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Couch goes together. <laughs> so Kyung wants revenge with the gang for messing up the store. This is where we get, I think, my favorite part of the whole movie. And really, this is where it peaks, in my opinion, the whole movie. Because Kyung says, all right, fuck this. I'm going to their, like, lair or whatever it is. And I'm going to face off with the whole gang, I guess. Now, their lair is like the Foot Clan lair in Ninja Turtles. It's insane. <laughs> There's, like, yeah. arcade games. These guys are weird because, like, they, they, they seem like they eat a lot of junk food. Because that's what they steal from the convenience store is just like tons and tons of candy. Like, Yeah, they don't ever have anything with any substance. Right, but they're not doing drugs. They're just eating candy and robbing people. They're committing crimes. Yeah. But they don't seem that interested in drugs. They just want candy. Yeah, exactly. You know, it kind of, that scene, like the hideout, for some reason it gave me like uh, flashbacks to watching the movie Kazam. Remember when all the kids are like just hanging out? eating uh, weren't they like eating cake and stuff like that like in a random like little kind of a dungeon area and the cops roll in i can take you to kazam so in kazam the kid has a secret location as well like yeah. a back alley location right. and his first wish is he says i wish i had junk food from here to the sky so there's just junk food everywhere yeah i remember that cheeseburgers and gumballs and everything falling from the sky i don't know why but it, it just for some reason, that their hideout like linked me with that that scene from. What do you think of their hideout, Cavi? I mean, <clears throat> I think it just shows the the genius level of absurdity of Jackie Chan films. It seems like that this gang should have been played by like fifteen to like nineteen year old kids, but instead we got guys in their thirties and forties because they're also all of Jackie Chan's stunt team. It's yes. like ah no one will pay any attention to this. Like it would make total sense if these are like fifteen to you know twenty year old kids versus oh these are some grown ass men doing what they got pinball machines and just even their personalities like the characters they play just seem like they would be children. Yes, that's absolutely true. I personally like their secret location, but that's because I'm just a big kid. Like, I, I'd want to have a place with a bunch of pinball machines and refrigerators, I guess. Like, why not? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> I totally agree with that. So Jackie Chan, Kyung, shows up. What he does is he unplugs their stereo. They're all rocking out to music and dance and having a good time. He just unplugs it, smashes it, and says, You are all garbage. <laughs> You are all garbage. It's just such a fucking boss way to enter a room. <laughs> you just destroy their stereo and it's like, you are all garbage. <laughs> I mean, like, what an insult right there, you know? Garbage. Like, I'm going to call somebody a piece of garbage. <laughs> and he's right. They are all garbage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking piece of trash. It's like, I'm a son, all of you. And they're going to fight, but uh, for somehow the boss of the gang, Tony, agrees to fight Jackie Chan in his stupid outfit. And they have like a one-on-one -on, -one on top of a pool table, which I don't know why he agrees to this because like Jackie Chan has been basically like kicking their asses when he's not overwhelmed. Like he can take three, four of them at a time. I don't know why this guy thinks he's like good enough to win. I mean, yeah, he just thought he was such a badass that he could take on this guy. I, I don't know what he was thinking here. Because he's the leader. He's got to show out for the rest of his crew. But he's just going mean, to get his ass kicked and he does. Yeah, but I, I, you know, maybe with him being the leader, like Cavi says, like he just has to step up and take his ass beating so that he's not, <laughs> not such a pussy, you know? 
but he's got a, an absurd level of confidence. Like after seeing all of his boys get beat up by Jackie Chan, he's like, oh, yeah, I can take him. And he doesn't even blink. It's not like he shook. He's like, no, I'm going to win this, which is hilarious. Yeah, he puts his fists up like like he's going to box him and Jackie Chan's just owns him pretty much. I mean, he gets a few lucky hits in, but uh, what happens is the whole thing just escalates and everyone jumps in as you figure they would. And we get this huge epic fight scene with tons of props inside this crazy warehouse. I'm just gonna talk about some of my favorites and you guys can talk about some of yours because there's no way we can really describe the whole thing that ensues. But what I really like is when Jackie Chan goes to the area with a bunch of refrigerators and he's like hitting people with the refrigerator doors. He like hits a guy with a door and then he like spins around it, hits another guy, then he kicks someone's ass and puts him in the fridge. And the guy goes to come out and he punches him in the face and closes the door. Well, that's my favorite bit of the scene. What about you, yeah, Jonathan? That's classic for sure. Um, I I mean, every every fight scene that Jackie Chan does, it's, it's fast paced, it's full of action. They utilize everything that's in the area, so. I don't know. I, I really don't have like a favorite part per se, but I what stood out to me was um, one thing that you never see is where the big boss at the end of it is just kind of like, that's enough. Like we're done. You know, that never happens. It's like everybody just keeps fucking each other up until there's nobody left or or everybody is just so exhausted they can't fight anymore. But like Tony actually called the fight. He's like, okay, fine, you win. You know, uh, that whole like say uncle kind of thing. Yeah, and, he basically uh, says like, all right, we're not doing this shit anymore. This is like yeah. getting too brutal. Yeah, he's like, I mean, it's, it's one guy fucking up our entire gang here. Like, you know, I, I realize we're not gonna win. So enough with the fight. Cavi, any moments stand out for you? That refrigerator moment is classic, so that's one of them. I totally agree with you. And then the ending, uh, I don't know if he's got a ski or what that is, but he's like hitting him in the head and then like hitting him in the leg and hitting him in the head, hitting him in the leg. And then that's when Tony's like, enough. And then the dude tries to attack him again and he does the same thing again. Like that back and forth kind of beat is hilarious. And just the choreography of the whole scene like, how do you look at a room and go, we're going to use this pinball machine, we're going to use these refrigerators, like, it's just super intelligent, it's it's genius level choreography. I've never seen any choreography in any type of movie besides a Jackie Chan use all these different kinds of elements. Like, the closest thing we've got is Tony Jaa, and even Tony Jaa doesn't use the elements the way Jackie Chan does. I agree with you. And the ski to me is reminiscent of Drunken Master 2 with the big bamboo piece where he's yes. just really taken out motherfuckers with this thing. And he can he can do a lot with it. Like to me, I couldn't w- hold a ski that like, elegantly. Like he's spinning it around him. He's flipping it up. Like it's just crazy. I mean, it just speaks to his like extensive weapons training that that he mastered over the years. I mean, being able to take anything in your area and turn that into a usable weapon is just amazing. Imagine being that good at something. It's just crazy. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I will never be as good at anything compared to as good as Jackie Chan is with one ski. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> with a refrigerator door. He is better at that than I am at anything in my entire life. It's incredible. <laughs> So this is where things get kind of complicated. And to be honest, not to knock the movie, but 
this is where I think the movie starts to go downhill a little bit because it peaks here. There's such a good extended fight scene that really it's hard to go up. So there's this whole thing with the crime syndicate run by this like Sean Connery looking motherfucker named White Tiger. Like he has kidnapped Angelo and I guess Nancy and Jackie Chan gets them involved. I don't. I don't know what the fuck. Let, let me on. tie you in right here. All right. So right at the end of the fight scene, the guy who had to watch his buddy go through the wood chipper was forced to bring him back in trash bags and show him to Tony. That's right. And that's the tie in from that gang into uh, White Tiger. At that point, Nancy and Angelo had been kidnapped, and so then they had to go and find them. I've. I've- I do remember that now because I remember the guys overacting is so funny. Like, yeah, they, they open up the bags and they're like, oh, like the most dramatic thing they've ever seen. They killed him, man. Said if we don't oh. return the stuff oh. Angelo took, we'll all end up like Lance. Where's Angelo now? Where is he? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Where's Angelo? Where is he? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, everybody pukes, which is hilarious. I would too, for sure. Also, can can we call him White Claw just because? <laughs> White Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> so Jackie Chan says, "Like, all right, we're gonna get help from the authorities." And the guy Tony's like, "I don't deal with cops." He's like, "It's not the cops; it's the FBI," because he thinks the crime syndicate guys are the FBI. Because he's got that convenient uh, business card right. from earlier. It's just weird, though, that, like, like a criminal doesn't see the distinction. Like, like I don't deal with cops. They, they don't deal with the FBI either. Like, they, <laughs> like it's, not, it's not local police that they I, have a problem with. It's any kind of authorities. Yeah, right? Like, I don't fuck with the police, but I'll work with the feds. You yeah, know? like, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> oh, the FBI, yeah. Yeah, fuck the Bronx PD, but, you know. <laughs> all right, so basically what happens is... Long story short, Jackie Chan has to work with the cops to exchange the diamonds to the crime syndicate to rescue what he now calls his friends. He really uh, flipped quick on that, didn't he, Cavi? He's now like friends with them. Dude, they tried to kill him. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this is basically like, I just want to call Jackie Chan like JC. Like he's basically Jesus now. He's like, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to, you know, turn my cheek. Y'all, y'all tried to kill me, but yeah, all right, I'll help you. It's like, but he is definitely the Jesus character of this movie. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, for sure. Easily. For sure. And yeah, he's, he says the terms my friends about 30 times after this point in the movie. He keeps going, like, what about my friends? What about my friends? It's like, are they your friends, though? The so this, this led us into the, the um, scene where he takes these quote-unquote FBI guys back to his house, to Danny's house, to look for the diamonds. And then ensues another fight scene with Danny's, uh, like, what are they? I don't even know what they're called. I don't want to call them walking sticks. I don't know his like crutches. Yeah, they're like a, it's like a crutch. Yeah, yeah, they're the Healy, the Healy crutches. Yeah, and then he like totally starts beating these dudes' asses, and then gets on the phone with White Claw. <laughs> yeah. Dude, but how, <laughs> like how bad do they beat Danny though? They beat the shit out of Danny. I'm like, yo, like Dude, the kid this can't is even unnecessary. Walk. Like, just leave him over there. You he's know? kind of a trooper though yeah. about it. Like he's he handles it pretty well because Keanu's like, are you okay? And he's like all battered, and he's like, 
I'm good. Like, you know, he didn't even cry, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. He's a tough kid underneath it all. Underneath it all. Um, also, the Jackie Chan hits the iris looking dude a couple of times, the one with the mullet. And then he kind of just shakes his head. He's like, oh, that didn't hurt. And then Danny tosses him the helmet. He hits him with the helmet a couple of times. And he's like, oh, I'm still good. And then Danny tosses him the, the freaking plumbing wrench. <laughs> And oh like, yeah, no, 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 the huge please, pipe wrench. Please, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to see him take one whack at the guy with that fucking thing. Right. Just really fucking bash him. Hey, anybody that can stand up to being hit in the face with a fucking football helmet, like that's massive balls right there. But fuck this guy. Him and his friend just like beat up Danny. Just whack him with the wrench. It's not going to kill him. It'll just yeah. give him brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> Or just hit his hit his kneecap, break his leg. So he's like, now you can feel like what Danny feels like every day. Oh, son. dude, I love it. But Jackie Chan is not vengeful in that way. No, he's Jesus. He's just trying to do the right thing. I, I love Keong. He's awesome. He'd be like the best friend to have. Like he's such a nice guy. Right. Yeah. For he's sure. too nice though. He he'd be that guy that gets taken advantage of by pyramid schemes and stuff. He's like, oh yeah, this guy's so nice. Like just. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a little too innocent it's like nah, yeah like eventually you know you can't trust everyone <laughs> that's wow. true that's a very good point so he makes a deal with white claw to exchange the diamonds for his quote-unquote friends and this guy is he's not ready to make a deal and he proves that by obliterating the store so the store was already fucked up and kind of getting rebuilt but he Gets a tow truck and pulls the store apart. So how do you like my style? Hey, quiet down! No one bargains with me. Where's my friend? If I don't have those diamonds in my hands in one hour, you'll never see your friends alive. Yeah, he like tied up chains and ropes and everything. This was like a two-story kind of store, it looked like. They had an, like a, uh, an apartment above the store, it looked like. Um, maybe there are offices. I don't know. Anyways, so they, they pull the whole store down with this massive tow truck, uh, with the tow truck driver at gunpoint, basically. And then my, the most notable part of this scene is, so there's like a water pipe that burst and it's spraying up and over right on to Kyung. And all he needed to do was move like, one foot to the left or one foot to the right and he wouldn't be under this spraying water anymore but no like he has to make the call to the police 911 or whatever it is that he did in that scene but he couldn't move from like being underneath the water spray i didn't notice that but that's a very astute point <laughs> yeah i didn't notice that uh, either it's the stupid irrelevant shit that i noticed it's so <laughs> annoying <laughs> so kyung joins with the police he finally calls the cops he wears a wire and he's like all right i'm gonna I'm going to go infiltrate. I'm going to pretend to trade the diamonds, but I'm really wearing a wire so I can get White Tiger slash White Claw busted. Wait, wait, wait. We're just going to ignore the toilet scene? Like we got <laughs> Elaine sitting on the toilet in front of the whole neighborhood. We're just going to speed past that? Don't do that. Hey, I can see you. Of course you can see me. So can anyone on the street. What does it matter? Hey, why is the big deal? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> if you got anything to say about it, now's the time. 
I mean, I would say that that scene inspired the whole Cleveland bit on Family Guy and then eventually the Cleveland show. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yes, no, no, exactly. no, no, no. Like, I would say that scene totally uh, inspired that. And also, I love the bit with the diamonds where she's trying to go to the bathroom and, and take the diamonds. And he's like, yo, like, give me those back. <laughs> yeah, and then she, we have the. She, she's like really pissy about it, too, that she can't like just take a couple Right. There, she's like talks about not uh, not noticing that some of the diamonds would have been missing, which is probably true. And then we have the one uh, in today's time. It would be problematic, problematic where she's walking away because she was trying to pocket the diamonds. And he's like, oh, women. And, uh, you yeah. know, like oh, oh, only back then could you get away with something like that. <laughs> the thing is, with the diamonds as a quick side point. I had a big problem with the way they handle them at any time they touch the diamonds because they just like pick up handfuls and they're just like falling in between their fingers, falling all over the place. That always bugs me in movies, the way people handle like coins or precious gems. Like they're just spilling all over the floor and like people are just handling them with reckless abandon. I feel like if I had a massive bag of diamonds that I could hold in two hands, like I would be so like gentle and like tender with them. Like I've, I don't know. Man. Yeah, I, I don't it's like precious, right? Yeah, like I, I would have a big problem just treating them like it was just you know an old Snickers wrapper or something. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna get to the final scene here. So Jackie Chan tries to infiltrate them. Uh, he's discovered to have a wire. So there's kind of like a chase that goes on. Now this chase is is crazy. It's Jackie Chan chasing the crime syndicate goons, and the cops are helping as well. So. What they do is they're on this this little dock. They get on this big hovercraft. It's a big action scene. There's a lot of like gunfire and stuff like that, which I don't think plays the best in these kind of movies. Like the more guns you add, I think the more it takes away from this type of like really physical hand-to-hand movie. But uh, Cavi, why don't you tell us about what goes on with this hovercraft? What goes on with the hovercraft? Well, uh, they somehow randomly end up on a beach and hijack a hovercraft that seems like something that would only be possible in like gta yeah so already just (laughs) super random and we're on the water and we've got the coast guard chasing these guys all the cops are after him uh, after the irs people and somehow they end up on to the land and i don't even know if this is possible can you drive a hovercraft on land i mean they pulled it off so i'm sure that stunt was real so i guess i just answered my own question (laughs) but that was insane we got these guys crashing into cars people moving out of the way driving through parks the best scene is the little girl on the beach building the sandcastle Jackie Chan picks her up, and when he throws her to her mother, it's a—it's obviously a doll, and it's we had freaking to hilarious. That. I thought it was so funny. He tosses <laughs> the toddler. Yes, and it's like I don't even know if that was her mom. Like, what if she was like, "This isn't my kid," <laughs> you know? Like, but um, Jackie Chan gets run over. Oh yeah, I had a hard time with that little girl scene because one thing we didn't mention was Jackie ended up getting catching up to the hovercraft as it took off out of the dock and followed it basically by holding onto a rope and doing like uh, water water skiing in his Nikes and followed it, you know, obviously all the way over there. How in the fuck did he get past the hovercraft in the shallow water onto the beach, run 
up ahead and then go get that little girl. There's no way. No way. It's Jackie Chan, bro. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jackie Chan, Jesus Christ. I mean, just start yeah, unless he was running on top of the water like JC. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, mean, I feel like he he has such a like, you know, respect and integrity about himself for doing all his own stunts that that one was like really kind of far fetched for him. So I don't know. I, I had a problem with that one. And then this hovercraft goes into the streets and just starts obliterating everything around it. Like, these guys are so reckless. They're not getting away in this thing. So I don't know what their goal is to just, like, destroy as much shit as they possibly can, like Godzilla style. Yeah, when they, uh, when they run over that sick Lambo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, that was amazing. The dude's in there, like, with his hooker or, or like, you know, wow. <laughs> a trophy wife. Yeah. And they get out. And uh, the Lambo gets ran over by the hovercraft. Yeah, they really fucked that thing up, didn't they? Yeah, somehow it took off every speck of paint on that thing, but like didn't fuck up the body <laughs> at all. I just want to say that Jackie Chan water skiing barefoot in this is the best metaphor for him being Jesus in this movie. Oh, there it is. Um, yeah. Jesus character. I didn't put official. that together until you brought it up. I'm, I'm glad, Jonathan. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, man. So, Keong decides to stop this thing himself by stealing this weird like sword from some like antique shop he like sees it in the window display and he like runs in and grabs it and then he takes that fucked up lambo that you mentioned and he kind of just like hangs the sword outside the driver's side door while he drives next to the hovercraft speeds by and just like slashes the inflatable hovercrafty <laughs> part right <laughs> yeah, does this huge, like, 20-foot-long slash down the side of this hovercraft. And when he's finished, he, like, spins out. It's a really good driving stunt, actually. Because, like, yeah. you can tell, like, exactly in the frame where the car is supposed to be, and it hits exactly its mark. It's really nice. Yeah, good good bit of driving. Apparently, the director of this movie was also um, a driving stunt guy and did some of it. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, he did some of the driving stunts. I think I mean, that was just about the only car scene... In the entire movie, wasn't it? Uh, car specifically, yes. There's. I mean, aside well, actually, from no, like, there's, aside there's, from being picked up at the airport, the and guys crash into the building earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. The Jamaicans, yeah, I, yeah. And then you got the go kart and the motorcycles. But oh, yeah. so the, the very end is weird because they they stop the hovercraft, but then the cops, I guess, enlist Kiyong, and they quickly repair the hovercraft. They duct tape it. So, yeah, like in a matter of like literally 30 seconds, you have a, a 20 foot patch of duct tape on this thing. It's unbelievable. And then it, it instantly uh, inflates itself again. What do you think, Cavi? Like the cops are like, all right, Keong, like we, we need you to take on this, this case. Like go after White Tiger yourself. Use the hovercraft. Do you have the any tape, thoughts about that? The tape was hilarious. And then also, there's no explanation for how he gets his friends back, and all of them are also enlisted. So all of a sudden, they're just all on the hovercraft together. And it makes no sense. I'm I'm all for it because this movie at this point has gone completely off the rails from ridiculous to beyond re ridiculous from the, the duct tape on, on the hovercraft and just all of them back. And that pretty much takes us close to the ending where we end up uh, on the golf course and yeah so white tiger's playing golf and what i love about his like little game of golf one he's wearing like the stupidest possible golf clothes but two he has a crowd of people watching him play golf like he's like tiger woods or something 
Jonathan, you strike me as the type that might know about this. On the golf course, do people just gather around and watch people? Or maybe just if you're a crime syndicate boss? Yeah, I think he uh, has a little bit of that um, like uh, ego kind of thing. And he wants people to come over and watch him play. And he probably has a bit of security around him, you know. Uh, stuff like that. Come watch but me play 12 holes. Just yeah, exactly. I mean, it's probably like part of his gang, you know, little bodyguard guys, whatever. Or, I mean, I can't imagine he's that fucking good at golf. <laughs> I mean. And while he's on the putting green, Jackie Chan shows up, Kyung, with the huge hovercraft. Hole 17 to be exact. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and just runs his ass over. And just, I guess, to just humiliate him. Because he's caught, but Jackie Chan runs him over. And of all the people that got run over and like nothing really happened to White Claw, his whole bare ass ends up sticking out. Yeah. It rips off his shorts and his shirt and everything. Yeah. And it, it just like ridiculous. ends on like a freeze frame with like you know, Kyung's face like inside the hovercraft. Like, we did it. Freeze frame, it ends. I feel yeah. like they all go like, yeah. And then it ends. I feel, I feel like that <laughs> happened, which it's is pretty. It's pretty funny to watch. Like I, I don't remember it being as silly when I saw it at the time of its its release in '95 or '96. Whenever I caught it on VHS, I you know back then you you look at things totally differently, and I thought that was just you know that's how a movie ends, right? Yeah. But yeah, now it's just exactly. like so silly. It's so Agreed. abrupt. It's like this is okay. That's the end. All right, <laughs> everyone. That's a wrap. Martini shot. We did it. Now. But before we go into ratings, um, did you guys have any final thoughts about the movie itself? Any points you wanted to touch on but didn't get a chance to? I did. One. Um, I know we kind of like all unanimously agree that Kyung's the Jesus character, right? Well, I know we bre- in the beginning we briefly touched on, on what his first real kind of Jesus Christ uh, take is. And then we never got back onto it, which was where uh, at the end of the fight with Tony and his crew, he ends up quoting something in the Cantonese and talks about uh, having tea with them later on in life or something yeah. like that. I think Cavi was talking about that. Uh, yeah, he just says, like, at the end of it all, like, he's like, I hope next time we can all get together and have tea instead of be fighting. And then uh, the one dude that does speak Cantonese out of the gang, he, um, Tony asks him, uh, what did he say? And he's like, did he really mean that? And he's like, yeah, he really meant that. And <laughs> then, then it's like you see the wheels turning in his head where it's like, wait, am I really a bad guy? Maybe I need to turn over a new yeah. leaf. You stole a lot of candy, man. Like you, you are a bad guy. <laughs> you stole a lot of. Ca- you, you pushed a guy off of a building. <laughs> Not only that, but you can just have a street race regularly. You don't have to destroy every car that's parked. Just have right. an illegal street race. It's fine. Yeah, you could just set up ramps in the streets, man. <laughs> exactly, and eventually you guys can become superheroes like the Fast and Furious fan- franchise. Yes, we brought that full circle once again. <laughs> Thank you. Um, also. I have one other thought, which is the awesomeness of the crash scene, uh, the crash scenes and bloopers of all the stunts at the end of this film, which is a staple of all Jackie Chan movies. He always has that whole reel. And as I was watching it, I couldn't help but compare it to all the skateboard videos of that time period that would have their crash sessions at the end of the videos. I don't know if you guys... Yeah, and so um, it was like, I wonder if they got that from Jackie Chan. It's like, 
oh yeah well of course you gotta have the crash session um i wonder where the origin of that of the crash sessions of skateboarding came from but i kind of want to credit it to jackie chan just because i think one of the first skate videos i ever saw that did that was welcome to hell yes yeah that was a good that's one. the tape i got Dude, it that... at five points which is the shirt that jonathan's wearing right now it's a skate shop in oxnard yeah Shout buddy out to five points ventura ventura nice right. yeah dude welcome to hell is one of my favorite skate tapes of all time so that jamie thomas uh part with uh hollow be thy name playing in the background by iron maiden is just such a classic skate edit yeah absolutely now, Cavi, while I got you going, why don't you give us your rating of Rumble in the Bronx on any rating scale you want? I'm going to give it 8.5 Jesus Christ Jackie Chans. 8.5 out of 10, of course, right? Yes, yes. 8.5 out of 10. Okay, it, cool. it, it's solid. Not my favorite Jackie Chan movie, but solid and iconic and Jackie Chan being Jackie Chan. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm going to go next. I'm going to go a similar route. I'm going to go um, 8 out of 10 um, Asian Madonnas. I think this movie is like a really good entry point if you um, are going to start watching any kind of Jackie Chan movie. And it was really made to be that way. It is kind of silly because it's a 90s movie and the plot is kind of weird, but also it doesn't really matter. It's not as like comedic as some of the later Jackie Chan American movies like Rush Hour and Shanghai Noon and all that but to me those movies are vastly inferior to this type of Jackie Chan movie this is where he's at his strongest especially when it comes to the martial arts stuff I do wish that the third act would have been done differently I don't like all like the gunplay and the big vehicle chase crashing through buildings that's just not my jam when it comes to a Jackie Chan or martial arts movie but it's still really good and it's just impressive. It's absolutely impressive to watch. Did you not like the hovercraft? I'm just curious. Not particularly, no. I feel like it would have been better suited if it was a, a bigger kind of action martial arts scene as opposed to like a vehicle chase. I just think it's more interesting to watch. It's the most engaging moments of this movie. And I mean, it is the climax. So anyway, <laughs> that's what I got. Jonathan, where are you at? I'm going to give this, oh man, um, a seven out of 10 new wheelchair cushions. <laughs> My cushion. <laughs> the one with the strong high back. I really appreciated Jackie Chan's crossover into the American movie market. Um, I really like his acrobatic style, the fast pace, the opportunistic weaponry. He's always just been really impressive, even when even in his later movies that he tried to make a little more entertaining by comedic adding comedic value or whatever. Um, I think a lot of the fight scenes and stuff like that still held its good value there. And in this one really just kicked it off for him. I, I had to dock some points because too many plot points going on. It was a little confusing and unnecessary. I think tying in too many different stories. And I agree that the end scene with the hovercraft, although it was pretty cool as a kid, as an adult, you're kind of just like, ah, this is this is kind of dumb. I would have liked to see another like big fight scene 
Uh, I'd like to see that maybe White Tiger was like some kind of like kung fu master that nobody knew about, oh, and him and Jet, yeah, and him and Kyung had this like epic fight on the golf course. You know, that would have sealed the deal. I, I'd have gave it ten couch cushions or a wheelchair cushions <laughs> or couch cushions <laughs> or couch cushions, even bigger. Um, I would have done that uh, uh, if it had um, climaxed in in a better way. Awesome. Well, I think those are all overall pretty positive ratings. And yours was a little bit lower, but I think it's safe to say we all do like and endorse this movie. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Now, Cavi, where can people find you outside of Big Dumb Movie? You have a presence online, and uh, why don't you tell us about what you do? Uh, I'm a nerd rapper. I rap about nerdy things in pop culture, Ghostbusters, anime, My Hero Academia, uh, I have a YouTube channel called Nerd News Raps, and you can find me on all social media platforms at Cavi Anvil. Blah. Awesome. Thank you very much. And I watched your most recent video. It's pretty awesome. I don't know anything about that anime you were talking about, but either way, it sounded cool. Thank you. And it's really good, and I highly recommend it. If you're If you have any desire to get into some anime, it's definitely a great one. Awesome. Fair endorsement. Now, you listeners, if you want to write in, you can email us at bigdumbmovie at gmail.com. Our podcast Instagram handle is bigdumbmoviepodcast. Send us a message there. We post a lot of memes there. Follow us. It's just cool. And um, I want to thank, again, Jonathan and Cavi for joining me on this Rumble in the Bronx episode. It's been a lot of fun. It was awesome to rewatch it, and I thank you guys. Thanks for having me, Corey. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Jonathan, good meeting you. That could yes, the sir. couch cushion, couch cushion, the uh, wheelchair cushion rating. That was awesome. I love that. <laughs> Very nice. Well, thank you guys for listening. We love you and good night. Peace.